with the festive season, we probably need another reminder that the Bible makes it clear that being in debt is not God's best for us. I haven't found anything in the Bible to indicate that it's a sin for a Christian to be in debt, unless, of course, you are disobeying God's personal instruction to you. But Jesus came to set us free, not so, not to make us slaves. Therefore, when Proverbs says, quote-unquote, the borrower is slave to the lender, I get the impression that God wants us to be debt-free, don't you think so? We live in a unique time with unique challenges. We are inundated with so much advertising and marketing almost everywhere we go. The world is screaming a lot of things, and most of them ain't in agreement with what God is whispering to us. I think you will agree it's a challenge to live within your means, especially when you see so many others living way beyond their means, enjoying the fleeting pleasures of the moment. It requires great sacrifice to see long-term, to think beyond what your flesh wants right now. Every time we enter into a lender-borrower agreement, we're actually entering into a master-slave agreement, and so much so with the festive season. Now, does that mean that I cannot buy my presents just because I don't have the cash, or can I go borrow some money? Brumpent investigates. With the question on the table for discussion this morning, we've invited two respondents, namely Anton Prinsloo from PSG and also well-known Pastor Neville Norden, head of Levin de Woord. Let's start with uh, Anton Prinsloo this morning. Anton, thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. Would you care to just introduce yourself, please? My name is Anton Prinsloo and it's a privilege to be on the program. Um, I'm a financial planner with PSG. Well, by the sound of it, the right guy to have uh, on board uh, this morning for this discussion. Anton, can I start with you? The definition of debt, debt per se, what would you say is debt? Why not having debt would be borrowing from your potential future income to buy something that you would need today. So debt would be, you know, having an, um, you know, a balance that you need to repay for something that you need today, but you need to pay that back with, uh, with the income that you still need to, to earn going forward. Pastor Neville, would you agree with that analysis? And is there such a thing as bad debt, if you've got any examples, perhaps? Well, the Bible clearly says in Romans thirteen eight, have no debt, owe nobody anything except to love them. Although the Bible does make an exception in terms of Deuteronomy 15.1, where debt can be cancelled or paid off over seven years. So the bank would offer you 20 on a bond, and then it's on something that's tangible. People go and make debt on things that uh, lose their value very fast, and then they enslave themselves. That's why the borrower is a slave to the lender. And... Uh, the Bible makes clear distinction between, you know, the concept of being dissatisfied because we have a want, and the want the Lord will provide for us if we worship Him and fear Him. It says in Psalm 37:4, we have a need. Philippians 4:19, and the Lord supplies our needs. But then when we come to Colossians 3:5, there's greed, and the Bible calls that covetousness. And it calls it idolatry. 
It's uh, amazing that you're quoting scripture like that, uh, starting with the word of God says that we shouldn't have a debt. Um, Anton, can I get back to you? Is there such a thing as bad debt and buying a property then, would that be deemed as bad debt? What, what, what examples can, can you give me of bad debt? Reinhard, I think, you know, bad debt would be, as uh, Pastor Neville just said, you know, if you've got debt for something that, that loses value over time. I think... Um, Bad debt is also if you've got too much debt. So although, you know, having a property and having debt against a property would be asset that that would, you know, increase in value over time, a bad debt situation would be to have too much debt against that property, which means uh, the driving force behind, you know, your whole sort of existence becomes money. And, um, and not being within, you know, what the Lord actually wants for your life. So bad debt would be having so much debt that it drives your behavior much more than what your obedience to God would drive, drive your behavior. Yeah. Pastor Neville, interestingly enough, you said, oh, no, man, and nothing, that God is against debt. How then would we afford the things that we need, like houses, like cars, which, uh, you know, very few South Africans can buy cash? When we buy certain things, you can't buy a house for cash. So the Bible makes an exception when it speaks about an obligation. An obligation is a debt that you can afford. That means that you have the seven-year Deuteronomy 15.1 principle to be able to pay your debt in. And then you buy a house that is your need. That means you can afford the monthly payment the same with a motor car and then with your business or your studies because they will again then give you an income that you can do but you don't go and make debt on things that lose their value and then you can't afford the payments because eventually the payments become so heavy that you can't meet your monthly obligations and that creates a need in your home. A clear distinction between need and greed. Now, with the festive season, somebody listening to this program might say, well, I don't have the cash. Which is the better option then? Should I go to a bank? Should I go to cash loans? I can repay it within seven years. I just don't have the cash right now. Anton, what advice would you give that individual? Weinand Albert Einstein made a quote once that said, the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. And those who understand it, earn it. And those who don't, pay it. So if we look at the festive season and you, you know, think of making debt to, to give somebody a present, somebody that you love and somebody that you value, I think would be totally the wrong, the wrong thing because the value actually lies in the relationship and that what we have in each other in terms of the love that we, uh, that we bestow on each other. And, you know, living truthfully would also mean to stick to that principle, although it might feel like a great thing to give somebody a present, especially this time of year, but to make debt in order to do that wouldn't be wise. I mean, that, that, would, be, that would be a foolish thing to do. So not having the cash to buy a caravan, but you want to go down to the sea, uh, you, don't, you don't agree. Don't, don't go into debt to buy the caravan, so to speak. Yeah, and I think that's what Austin Neville also said, you know, buying assets that lose value over time and... Um, and using debt to pay that actually, you know, creates a problem for you in later, you know, sort of months or mm. years. And, um, and it's also a principle. If you cannot afford it, 
really being truthful to your own situation and not living a lie, but living in the truth and not doing it is, is something that, that a lot of people struggle with. But um, that's a very important principle that, that one needs to apply in your life. Pastor Neville? You see, people live above their means because the world, I was calling it the cosmos system, it has a curse. So the whole world system wants to make you a slave. A slave means that you are enslaved to the person you borrowed the money from. And now you go and buy things that you can't afford sometimes to impress people that are not impressed by your debt. So we say to people, if you can't afford to go on holiday, don't. If you can't afford to buy presents, don't. Love is a present that you can give people without costing you money. It will cost you your time, but uh, that can be given. So I, we never recommend people to go and make debt because the festive season is over, and now you've got the sword of debt over you, mm-hmm. and that debt can destroy you. So why do you want to go and do that? Eventually they come and they sell you out. In the the Bible, we read about the meek inheriting the earth. And sometimes the meek are people who live within their means, so they always have a reserve. Most people live in so much debt that they can't even pay attention, let alone pay their debt. Yeah. What about a mother or father listening to you right now, uh, under pressure from the family because it's a whole family to do, everybody is there, all the kids are getting presents, but I don't have the money to, to spoil my kids with presents. Anton, what advice can you give them? The example we set for our children in terms of how we live is very important because our kids will live like we live. They will not live what we tell them or what we sort of try and create that's not really truthful. And I think sticking to that principle and, and, you know, getting back to what Pastor Neville also said, you know, making the right decision before God in terms of your situation is very, very important because that is the principles that your kids will take because um, your kids will not do what you say, they will do what you do. Mm. And, um, and, And living with that truth in your house is very, very important. Pastor Neville, the church lately also focuses a lot on that financial planning. It is important to plan ahead. I'm talking school fees and other things, but should I even be planning ahead, financial planning, uh, do financial planning, if I struggle to pay my debts right now? Is, is there light at the end of the tunnel? You know, what we've found in ministry is forgiveness is 70 times 7. If I go and repent before the Lord, and I can tell you wonderful stories, and say, Lord, we have a want, we have a need, we have a desire. We've been living on our desires and wants, and that's sin. You call desire covetousness. Lord, we had idols before us. We repent of that. And then we plan. Because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And we sit with people and say, and that's what I love, what PSG is doing, is help people plan. Because... The parent has to be honest with the children. We had a planner, and we say to our family, that's our budget. Now we like as a family to go and eat out on a Friday night. My kids said, Dad, are we eating out? I said, yeah, but our budget is over. But Dad, we've got to eat. I said, yeah, we're going to eat in the park. We're going to eat out of tins, but we're eating out tonight. So we were within our means, 
And we have to build that into our children. If we don't, uh, we're not helping them. Yeah. We're enslaving them. And they become slaves. That's why family debt runs all along from one family to the other. And the Bible calls it a curse. But actually, it's our own fault because God won't do the planning for us. We have to plan. It's clear that Christian families even themselves are struggling with debt. What is the solution? Is there light at the end of the tunnel? How and where do I start getting rid of my debt? Anton? Trusting God doesn't mean that, that one doesn't need to plan. Importantly, if you want to start you know, getting rid of debt before you do anything, got to do with, you know, with the repentance that, that Pastor Neville, you know, sort of alluded to. I mean, the starting point isn't doing something. It's really being where God wants you to be in terms of that turning point and sitting at his feet. And then if you want to, you know, sort of start getting rid of debt, the most important thing would be to start with the most expensive debt, which would be, you know, your credit card debt, short-term debt that is at, you know, at high interest sort of um, rates, and then um, working vigorously towards getting that under control and then moving toward your asset debt, which would be your, your house debt. Pastor Neville, you agree with that? Totally. What we tell people is contact all the people you owe money and mm-hmm. tell them you want to pay and then start with the most expensive debt and work towards paying one thing off. Then at least you feel you're getting victory. When the widow, the, the Sunamite widow, Remember, the Lord came and uh, sent Elisha to her, and the oil was multiplied. Then he said to her, go and sell the oil, pay your debt. Her husband was a prophet. He put that family in debt, and the the people who they owed money to were coming to enslave her and her children. So the Lord said, pay your debt and live off the rest. So when we come in brokenness before the Lord, I really find that God has helped people to get out of debt. But if they don't do something, you know, like the murderer hanging next to Jesus on the cross, the one responds, the other by not responding had responded. Your final thoughts with regards to debt, especially over the festive season that lies ahead. Anton, can I start with you? Fine on just being, um, you know, being mindful and, um, you know, of, um, of debt and not, you know, getting carried away with, with all the emotional hype uh, around of marketing and you know, when you walk into a, uh, a shopping center, you know, the vibe of buying something and really putting that value to somebody. But, uh, but just being mindful of that and then being truthful to, to who you are at this stage and where you are financially and just bestowing love on, on those around you. Pastor Neville? Many hospices sell second-hand stuff. And then I would go, you go there, they've got many toys. If people really want to get their kids something, go and support a hospice. And you get a very cheap toy. You might have to wash and clean it. And then you tell your children, Mommy and Daddy have made debt. We're sorry. But now we want to give you a present, but we're going to plan. And this is what we're going to do. And when we follow God's principles, we find that the favor of God begins to rest on the family, on the children. And then we go through a festive season in a festive sense of victory. If you can't pay your debt... I hope that you paid attention. Thank you so much to our respondents this morning, Pastor Neville Norden from Levendewoord and also Anton Prinsloo from PSG Consult. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your input. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Anton.